Welcome. Welcome to our global edition of Radio Evolve. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are. I'm happy to have with me Martin Wieniecki. Martin, great to have you on Radio Evolve. Thanks for having me. Martin, uh, you are a networker, author, activist. You're born in Germany. Uh, you are, have been politically engaged since many years. You're the director of the Institute for Global Peacework, Intermera, and you do peace research and education, Intermera, Portugal. And you think a lot about our difficult, dramatic uh, global situations that we are, that we are in. Uh, you are having soon, in fact, in a week, a seminar that you called Systems Change and Pathways uh, to a Post-Capitalist, to Post-Capitalism. So not many people, when they talk about the crisis that we're in, uh, use this term capitalism and post-capitalism the way you do it. It more sounds like um, a word used 40 years ago when there was uh, uh, this left-right uh, movement and capitalism, post-capitalism was the conversation. Let me start our conversation with, um, in a few words, when somebody is asking you, wh what do you think, Martin, is the, the, the main important uh, uh, features of this crisis that we are in? How would you describe it? What's, what, what would you highlight is the nature of this crisis? Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you, Thomas, and hello to everybody, first of all. Um, I would say the essential nature of the crisis is a fundamental contradiction or a clash between two different systems. Um, systems are evolving, adaptive, self-organizing entities. And what we are seeing um, and which results in um, a global ecological crisis and uh, climate breakdown, but also in social crises, in extreme social inequality in wars, um, is the clash or is the contradiction between the logic of globalized capitalism, which is the um, algorithm that steers the way goods circulate, information circulates, how billions of people behave, and the logic of um, living systems on this planet, which is regenerative, circular, um, actually based on, on cooperation and uh, capitalism. Um, yeah, I, I use the term because I, um, I think even though we might not talk about it anymore, um, it, is the, it is the overarching kind of um, economic framework that holds together or that um, that um, is the is the over is, is the is the is the frame in which all the um, oppression the the exploitation that we are seeing in the world and that is at the at the root of these crises is 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 originating from and so um, I think it is very important to speak about post capitalism because especially we live in a time when um, capitalism has 
kind of colonized itself until the last corner of the planet. It has defeated all its enemies. Um, this Slovenian philosopher Slavoj Čiček, he said, um, it is now easier to imagine the end of the world than the end of capitalism. So I think in many ways, the fact that we don't talk about post-capitalism is the result of um, the extent to which capitalism is controlling not just the world externally, but even um, the way we think our um, our subconscious reactions it is um, it has it has penetrated very deeply um, into 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 our lives um, when you say that it has deeply penetrated into our lives uh, what do you have in mind what what is it how, how does it show up in our minds how does it live in our minds because that's different than talking about profits and employers and employees you said it's penetrating our minds so how does it show up there mm -hmm. yeah it's i mean every system um i believe works fractally so it's like the what we see as the superstructure politically economically um out in the world um is reflected in the way how every kind of sub uh, organism within that structure works all the way down to the to the way people interact um, their, their their personal lives and i think what is very crucial for sustaining systems that require oppression and exploitation and war are beliefs and myths that people um, internalize and that um, and through which they justify um, operating with and and um being complicit within those systems and i mean capitalism is 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 based on several foundational myths um one is the whole idea of individualism the idea that um i mean as margaret thatcher um she she famously said that um there is no such thing as society there are only individuals and families who have to take care of themselves so there is this idea that um, we are separate um, individuals and that the world is made out of um, stuff, out of things that are in and of itself inanimate. Um, and uh, another idea is that um, the, the, the purpose of life is to accumulate um, those things um, in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a basically meaningless universe. This is what gives us meaning. So um, wealth is virtue. And there's also the the idea that that hierarchy is fundamental to the way how, how the world is, is set up so um there is there is an there, there is a division um, of the world in inferiors and and superiors those uh, deserving um power and privilege and and wealth and those who don't and these these i these um, are thought forms that um we have internalized and that we carry even if we consider ourselves no matter where we consider ourselves on the political spectrum even if we often even if we consider ourselves being outside of um you know the capitalist space um and and then people who come together with this with this conditioning will end up co-creating this um the, the basics of the system um from the way they they interact and so i mean one one thing is the, is the whole idea of ownership um And and I mean we we uh, we have it in um, in the moment we feel we feel scarcity we want to secure something for ourselves. Um, I mean ownership takes place in our relationships, and and this is this is what I mean. It is it is it is it has conditioned us on a very subtle level, and it is so widespread, so collective 
that the pathology of it isn't even recognized anymore. It, two things I would like to hone into uh, to start with. One is what you called the myth of individuality. Because on one hand, I think uh, many people will agree and see, yeah, this is uh, this, this kind of separate self or identity. Uh, there's something problematic about it. On the other hand, there is also something that um, seems to be very powerful and important, our individual capacity to be here, to be responsible, to be self-reliable, that we are not just part of our tribe, not just part of our tradition, that we have our own individual capacity of reason and capacity of critique, all that which is the, uh, the positive outcome also of European enlightenment in, 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 in that sense. Uh, when you say the myth of the individual as being part of the root, uh, uh, what are you particularly talking about? I'm talking about the Cartesian worldview um, where our experience and understanding of reality is fundamentally shaped by a division, a duality between the subject that perceives the world and the object that the world is. So this, this fundamental, uh, this belief in, this, in, in, a, in, a, in a fundamental separation because I agree that um, um, there is, I mean, when you look at the root of the word individual, it means undivided. So I think if we go to the depths of the core of who we are, we find something that is undivided, but that doesn't mean that um, it, is, it is separate it is to the opposite. I think if we, if we go to the very root of our so-called individual existence, we, 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 find, um, we find a ground where, um, where we will find that this um, separation between the subject um, that, that perceives and, and the object that is perceived doesn't actually exist. Um, and I think it is, it is important to, I mean, if, if, you, if, you, understand, if, you, if you follow the, the logical train of, of, of this Cartesian worldview, um, where, I mean, it, it, is, it is that, that human consciousness is, is to be seen as the, or, or the human brain is to be seen as the, as the, as the only place where actually, where actually consciousness exists. And so, of, and so, of course, if then you see the world as, as fundamentally separate from you, um, it, is, it is clear that from there, ideas of scarcity, of ownership, um, of, of, of oppression, um, of, of competition, they will all seem actually quite sensible, quite reasonable, in fact. It's, it's, it's also interesting because um, in one way, it comes down to, to, to a very simple uh, experience. Um, uh, and it has to do with separation and relationship. Do we uh, experience each other mainly to be in competition or in relation? And it's okay to, uh, I think it's obvious that some of both is the, is the case, but what's, what's, the, what's the fundamental relationship? Like even having the conversation that we are here right now, are we competing about something? Who has the better point here? Uh, or are we together in something, in relationship. And this fundamental mythology, as you put it, of, of selfhood, that, that I experience myself in competition with the other, or uh, in relationship, in cooperation with the other, uh, forms a whole world reality that, uh, I guess the, the point you're making, this is a system called capitalism that also kind of enforces this, but it's living in us that I experience the world mainly as being a separate identity competing with everything and everyone. 
And that is how something like capitalism lives in me, uh, uh, in, in my soul. Uh, is that the point? Yeah. And I would also say that, um, you know, what makes a system a system is its capacity to kind of coherently combine different areas of our lives. So, um, yes, it is the mythology. It is the beliefs that we have internalized um, through which, like, yeah, let's say the, the, the belief in competition or, or this kind of separate individualism. Um, but it is also, um, you know, it is the economic and, put, and, and social realities that reinforce those kinds of beliefs. And I think another important layer um, that people are more and more waking up to now is, is the reality of, of trauma, is the reality of the, 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 the wounds um, from, the way, from history and from the way we've grown up, the lack of um, attachment, the lack of um, authentic expression, um, through which um, we already kind of enter the world kind of feeling broken, feeling alone. And then um, in that wounded state, um, um, we, we come in contact with beliefs that make the whole story um, seem natural, seem um, just the way the world is. And, 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 and through us adopting those beliefs, um, that the system is kind of locked within us. It's, um, and and, and, and um, there is a mechanism that kind of milks our neuroses um, and, and keeps us going in the system and never actually doubt um, what is going on, very much like the, play, the people in, 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 in Plato's cave. There's also something about uh, what you call system reality. Uh, and let's uh, uh, say system reality versus relationship. Because there's something in this system reality, uh, particularly in capitalism, where everything in the end comes down to calculable realities. Uh, it's all in the end put into numbers. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and system thinking in the end has a lot to do uh, with... Uh, a mathematical understanding of reality is something that somehow works up as a whole complex system that you calculate, can calculate. But there's something uh, like empathy, uh, which at least is difficult to calculate. Or uh, Let's put it that way. Uh, if you calculate, maybe it's not empathy, but it's relationship. And to see uh, that we are all in relationship, there's also some indigenous uh, uh, worldview coming in. Uh, 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 I and all my relationships, and usually indigenous cultures, mean that uh, not only my family, my country, but they, they talk also about plants and sky and earth as relationship. But that already, in, when I go with this, opens up a different world reality that is different than what our modern uh, thinking creates as a system reality, something, uh, it's maybe a little overstated, but there's a truth that something is very cold on one side and so on the other side has some, there's a warmth that is important. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I mean, I think there is, this is part of the, um, the kind of rational mind where unless something can be calculated uh, or measured, um, you know, it doesn't actually exist. And I think, I mean, we are seeing, we are seeing how problematic this is on, on all kinds of different levels where kind of until scientists can measure the ecological value of a certain species or ecosystem, it is, it is, it is not seen as relevant. And so we have in the whole climate debate, for example, we have this excessive focus on carbon, which I mean, is right. 
and still we are not seeing you know the 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 intricate um relevance of, of of so many things that so many species do in an ecosystem context and um and yeah we are we are seeing the the the, the kind of results of the of the loss of um ability to perceive the the value of relationships um like it it, 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 is, it is directly reflected in the way we are wounding the world actually because mm -hmm. we are we are disoriented we are um, we are chasing abstract values while well well the real value is as you say it is it is relational mm -hmm. um but i also want to say that i um um like i i said it i mentioned it before that living systems or or, or the living world is also following systems and mm -hmm. as you mentioned empathy um this is not just a sentimental or emotional quality but it is i believe if we think in terms of wholeness if we see the world as a as an interdependent relational web, then there is a deep logic <laughs> to the existence of empathy. For example, there is um, like empathy is the is almost an existential or ontological quality where it is because I can perceive the other um, almost as it was myself, and I can and through this channel kind of feel our interconnectedness. This will inform um, me to be. Um, a responsible member of that whole and mm -hmm. so um so there is there is deep meaning um in that as well and i think there is like we are so much conditioned especially in the west through this um through, through rationalist logic um that there is easily also here kind of a value judgment of like oh yeah but it's just it's just relational it's just empathy um where actually there, there is i think the, the the logic um within the living world is so much deeper um, than that of um, the kind of mechanistic um, it's in a very very shallow um, um, logic as well maybe this is also the systems change that you're talking about mm -hmm. because, uh, listening to you what comes up to me on one hand uh, the, 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 the capacity to, to, to see our living system as you're saying relatedness uh, and on the other hand uh, came the image uh, very simple of the stock market, and uh, and also not necessarily blaming anyone, but just seeing the stock market as a system that is ruling us, and that's very obvious that uh, uh, how the world works is dependent on stock markets, but it's 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 calculable, and there's something in in in, in living realities that follows a different logic than the stock market logic, in in, in that and. Am I right when you're talking about systems change uh, that are, there's something where uh, the living reality uh, of our relatedness uh, becomes, comes up to the foreground and whatever we have as a rational scientific reality, uh, I think that's important. I, I, I guess you, you, you're not kind of uh, saying that this is in itself a bad thing, but uh, that it uh, is coming into into service of something where we are aware of a different way of relatedness than the stock market can see. Yeah, I mean, for me, if I had to say it in one word, I mm -hmm. think the system change, or in one sentence, the system change is realigning or aligning um, human systems with um, the systems of the living world mm -hmm. and and in that um, there is an important 
um, I mean, we could say Gnostic shift um, mm -hmm. in, in, in the way we perceive the world in, um, in, in worldview. And I agree, like, it's, it's not that um, I think the rational worldview or the, or the Western world is just like, it's, 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 it's completely meaningless in and of itself. But I think it is important for us to, like, as, um, as part of um, kind of examining the way we understand the world, it is important to ask ourselves, what do we believe um, to be base reality? And, and if, if we think that kind of the materialist mechanist paradigm is base reality, then this, it will inform the way we perceive uh, and make sense and respond to the world in a certain way. Um, but we can also we can also have a different understanding. Um, I would say a deeper understanding of base reality, and then still the mechanistic laws will apply to a certain part of of reality, but it will not be the fundamental principle. Um, and and I think, yeah. Just ask me what in the end maybe is, is the basic question. Uh, uh, I think hardly anyone will disagree with with what you're saying, but. Uh, uh, it's easy to say that what you're bringing has some naivete, uh, meaning, yeah, it would be great if, uh, to have this heartfelt relationship on a global scale, but basically that's not how global reality works. Global reality works through these abstract systems of bureaucracy and, uh, and, and, mar and market, market logics that, that in, in the reality that we are living, that's basically what we have to work with. The systems change that, that you're talking about is, um, is a beautiful dream, uh, but it never uh, will hold reality because uh, in that complex world that we're living, we have, we have to live with, with the logic of these market logics uh, that, that, that we have created. And uh, everything else uh, is beautiful, uh, but uh, it's naive. Mm -hmm. How would you respond? Yeah, I, I think you're just describing another myth of, of capitalism, which is, um, I think it was also even from Margaret Thatcher, this sentence of, um, there is no alternative. Like this is, this is the basic, this is the basic mantra, which by the way, is like a, a trademark of totalitarian systems, the claim to kind of, you know, um, the, to be the crown of history, to be, uh, to be without um, meaningful competition. And I think that capitalism in this, um, in this claim for universality, for um, you know, being the perfect system, um, also has really created a crisis of imagination. Um, like we, um, like our, our the people's minds are so locked within um, certain, a certain mantra, certain, certain key phrases that must never be questioned. I mean, every, Every government um, at, the, at the core of, of, of their policies in, in economy is about um, improving the conditions and, and raising um, economic growth. And it's funny, this whole talk about um, being realistic, because when you look at um, economic growth in the context of um, our planet's ecology, um, you know, capitalism demands um, at least 3% GDP growth every year. Um, that means a doubling of the global economy every 20 years. And if you look at the planetary boundaries that we've crossed, the, I think by now the, the International Panel on Climate Change talks about 14 climate-related feedback loops, meaning like we are already entering into kind of non-linear 
climate breakdown, which um, I mean, you know, pushes ever more the the prospect of of societal collapse. Um, it, it really dares the question, like, what is what is realistic? Like, is do we do we think of something realistic? Again, what is what is what is the basic framework? What is what is base reality? Is 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 base reality capitalism, um, with you know a life where we plug our electricity from the um, get our electricity from the plug, our water from the tap, our our foods from the supermarkets, or is it or is base reality the you know the the living world um, from which we were born? And so I think um, there is there is a deep um, realistic need um, to get off this train as soon as possible, and to think about um, how do we how do we disentangle ourselves, untether ourselves um, from a, a self terminating um, mechanism, which 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 is global capitalism. This it's it's for me very like it's there's there's no doubt about where this is going, and there is um, there is very um, I mean, the, the 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 evidence is very clear about about where we are heading, and um, it it is it is yeah, it is very funny um, to speak about realism in this in this context. Uh, also, in relationship to what you said about the lack of imagination, uh, the last issue of our Evolve magazine we titled uh, the the market myth, and uh, we had a very uh, uh, for me, powerful interview with an uh, Austrian economist who basically made the point that the main myth of our time right now is the market myth. And what he pointed to in that sense that all qualities that we used to give God in traditional times, which is all-knowing and almighty, we now give to this entity called market. And uh, the market has this quality that uh, that you just described that it's quantifying everything it's it's making everything in, into profit profit logics and as you are claiming and that's that's also a, a point that i really find cool uh, it has the old again godlike demand you you cannot have a god next to me uh, basically saying if the market is almighty uh, and all-knowing uh, I am not allowed to have an imagination because basically I have to obey because the real one who knows is not me. It's this thing called market that, that tells us what how we have to envision our society. I'm not allowed to have an imagination. If that's the case, politics, and that's our reality, is not allowed to have any imagination. It has to follow the logic. So basically... Uh, Politics is by nature powerless because uh, the setting is already that the only one who can tell what uh, politics is allowed to do is this one entity, godlike entity called market. And we just have to listen because nobody of us is the market. That in itself is basically making anything like a, a, a human collaboration. Uh, police working together, making decisions together, having visions together, powerless. This system uh, takes away any form of the capacity to imagine that maybe we want to do something that's not as profitable <coughs> as something else is, but we want to do it anyway because uh, we want it. Uh, and because it seems to be, there are good arguments that this is better to do. So in that sense, 
this myth of the market uh, has the same power like an old godhead uh, that it really dominates our thinking, our feeling, and does not allow any imagination of a different alternative reality that we could create together. Yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> I mean, my, my, my friend Alnor Lada, um, he, he says that in a way neoliberalism is, is a form of theology. Um, and, and, and you just described um, parts of it. Um, and, it's, and, and people don't realize because it is, it is so much based on a kind of um, rationalist um, scientific way of understanding the world that, that, uh, that the theological aspect of it and, and how much it is a, it is a belief system um, kind of gets, gets missed. But I also, in a way, want to invert um, what you said about imagination um, because I think imagination is also a very powerful way, um, a, a, a powerful vehicle um, for initiating system change. Mm -hmm. So in a, in a, in a world where, um, or in a time where kind of, um, you know, people cannot conceive of a different world, um, activating our imagination in a way is a, is a revolutionary act. Mm -hmm. And, um, And I think this is a deep point because, uh, I mean, there are when you look into into different spiritual traditions, or, or even when you look at the philosophical implications of, of quantum physics, we we understand that our way of seeing the world um, isn't just um, isn't just passive. You know, um, it is it is part of our of our relation with the world. So, so, so the, so the, as, as quantum physics, uh, uh, as quantum physicists realized, um, that the observer is involved, um, is, 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 is in a relationship with that which he observes. And so, um, I, I, I find it very, um, beautiful, for example, when, um, the, um, some of the Persian Sufi texts were translated, um, some decades ago by, by a French, um, researcher Henry Corbin and he, he realized he had to coin a new term because um, he couldn't just translate the way um, the Sufis were framing imagination as imaginary but he coined the term imaginal to, to signify that um, through our imagination we are actually um, co-creating reality and so um, it is also like understanding the, the, the way how capitalism and different systems of oppression have trapped us in a dead end of imagination, I think this realization is also the starting point of, of, of a different possibility. And, um, and so, so um, and for me, this is also a striking experience that I can, that, that I have had time and again, both kind of in, in, in spiritual experiences alone, but also in, 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 in experiences in relation with other people or other beings. Um, that this vision of, of a post-capitalist um, existence or pre-capitalist ex uh, memories of pre-capitalist existences, um, um, a, a state of being where we are, um, where we realize our interdependence with our life, where, um, you know, we, we, we freely want to give, where we, where we see ourselves as, as part of a web of, 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 of connectedness, um, that this is, actually, this is actually much more real Mm -hmm. um, much more true to who we are than than the um, than the realities that we have existed, uh, sorry, that we have accepted as 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 real um, from our socialization. And so, yeah, I 
I just wanted to kind of underline what you said about imagination. No, I, 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 I really find it very fascinating. And uh, also the way you put it, that uh, imagination is a revolutionary act. And, and also in the differentiation that you brought from this French thinker, Henri Corbin, mm -hmm. and this differentiation that, that he brings in between the imaginary and the imaginal, because usually that, that's exactly uh, how the story goes. Uh, your imagination is just fantasy. It's nice. Uh, but the point that, that he is making, I think that, that it, at least worth pursuing, if there's something to it, that there's a form of imagination that's not just making things up. It's a differentiated form of seeing a self-reality possibility that is uh, beyond just uh, uh, usual forms of reasoning. There's something that imagination sees possibilities together that form our reality. And it's also, I think, important to see that uh, everything, uh, including uh, our scientific worldview, is based on imaginations. Because we, we pretend like uh, our, our uh, modernist worldview is just based on uh, kind of calculating things. That's a mechanism of it. But we, there, there is no world reality uh, that's not based on the imagination. Even uh, science as a system is something we imagined uh, uh, as a possibility. So to see the power of imagination as a deep human power and to liberate it again against just calculating things uh, as a revolutionary act, as you put it, is maybe uh, uh, also one, uh, when we're talking about uh, system change, this could be one of the liberating forms where system change is opening up. Yeah, absolutely. I think in a way, we without imagination, um, of the world that we want to live in, that we want to move towards. Um, we will just, like, uh, activism will just end up being kind of in a, in a fighting mode, doing ping pong with the existing system. Uh, and on the other hand, if, 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 if groups of people, movements, maybe even um, global networks of movements can actually see this, um, yeah, I, as you said, like, this um, seeing as a way of tapping into a latent reality um, of what is possible, um, then there is, a, there is a lot of energy that we can mobilize, also how we can cohere together towards this aim, um, which otherwise is not available to us. So I think, so I think imagination really informs us in many ways, also um, is what gives us courage, is what allows us to persevere. It is, it is a very strong um, power, And I also think it is important that um, also here we, we kind of go out of the individualistic conditioning where um, so much of the um, modern day kind of um, spiritual literature is so kind of focused on um, trying to help individuals kind of become better um, in how we survive uh, capitalism. Um, but actually, I think there is a, there is a, there is a particular power of, of imagination, of vision, when it is held in groups of people that um, learn to be more and more cohe um, um, coherent, um, both in the vision that they hold and also in how they move um, together towards it. I think this is, um, I think the, the, the um, like, there is such a strong 
um, wound of separation between people, such a strong default now of an atomized existence that I think it is hard for us to imagine, speaking of imagination, um, the depth of communal embedment and, and, and shared existence um, that we are talking about when, when, when talking about post-capitalism. Actually, in a, in a way, I believe the, um, like the, the antidote to capitalism isn't socialism or communism, it is community. It is, it is this deep sense of being um, in relation with the world again. And so I think it is important also to, like, as we hold the vision, to hold it um, kind of in a way that resonates with that vision. And this community, it's also the capacity. One doesn't dare to say it because it sounds so romantic. Uh, to they dare to dream together. And again, uh, of course, there, there, there is this danger and one has to be very careful that a dream is just a dream, a pipe dream. Uh, but maybe uh, there's something that is imagina imagination is really showing us uh, in this imagining together how we want to live together. There's a deep, heartfelt community already in that. When, when we... Uh, come together in imagining how we want to be together. This is already a community. And, and there's also a force uh, opening up between us. There's a love force in this mm -hmm. uh, imagining together how we, we, in small communities, in big communities, but also in, in global communities, how, how do we want to do this together? Whatever this, this is. And, uh, to be in this way with each other creates different relationships because they're, they're undeniably there's a love force just in opening this question and meeting in this question. And that's uh, uh, beyond calculating things. It's beyond the competing things. There's something that's, that's bringing us together. Again, one has to be very careful, uh, as I see it, uh, to not get lost in pipe dreams, whatever, to be very thorough, scientific, rational, but uh, not deny your heart, not deny our connections. And uh, that, it seems, where you uh, see these transition points, where something that is not communism, socialism, but it's community opening up in the way we uh, talk together, by the way, as we do right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think also community is not... Like uh, community is is not so much a noun but more a verb. Like it is it is the way we we we, we kind of um, are in the world, um, and I think like a way of of thinking about the system change is is kind of to see it as kind of rooted in in um, what I would call like three pillars of of, of human culture, and we talked a lot now about um, one of them, which is kind of the um, the way we perceive the world, um, our relation to the universe, then we could refer to it um, as gnosis, um, the, 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 the knowing the inside of the world. And, um, and also there are like the, the, the two other um, are our, the, the relation between beings, um, between humans, but also between humans and, and all other beings. Um, you know, it needs to be it needs to be freed um, from from the logic of separation, of competition, of commodification, and re and and aligned with principles of 
of truth, of um, solidarity, um, of, of um, interdependent care for one another. Um, and this is where, yeah, I think this is where the, what you call and uh, refer to as pipe dream kind of is, is grounded in, in an actual relational experience where we, um, where, we, where we begin to naturally support each other because we feel our relation. Like this is, there is, a, there is, an, there is, a, there is a shift in the, in the quality of our lives where kind of the, the idea um, of community becomes um, a mode of being. And um, so this is, um, this is the second pillar, um, eros, the, 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 the relation between beings, which also includes um, the relation, the central relations between our bodies, the, um, our, our sexuality. It is all, it is all part in that, in, in that relational tissue and coming out of a, of a capitalist and also patriarchal era, this is, it is, it is fraught um, with trauma, with pain, with um, defenses, protections, um, because there is a pain here that that is hard to um, to to handle, and um, yeah, and I, I believe while um, therapy is necessary, it it in the end, uh, oftentimes necessary. I believe in the end, it is through creating um, these communities where people are really not alone anymore, where, where where we hold each other in our existence, where where this where this trauma can um, can be released. And I want to mention also the third one because I I've, because this is um, something that can also get lost, especially in kind of alternative spiritual circles where we where we talk a lot about spiritual and the relational, and this is kind of the bringing it back down um, to the to the material um, level to the to our economic arrangements, um, the way we make decisions. So the the police you already mentioned this word, um, our relation to place. Because it is also like this is, I mean, there I appreciate um, Marx with his with his understanding of how much it is um, social realities and and the material relation, the, um, the relations of production that also determine our consciousness. Maybe I wouldn't use the word determine, um, but rather inform. Um, and still, there is there is truth to like you know if we if if we continue to if like we can we can create a community of. Um, of trauma healing and all of this, and still, if we if we stay in a in a commodity logic when it comes to economics or in a top down um, hierarchical logic when it comes to decision making, um, we are still kind of complicit in the in, in the mainstream narrative. And so, I think that um, in order to make system change and in also in order to um, restore community, um, we have to kind of address these three pillars simultaneously and. Um, because if we if we don't if we if we if we only focus on one for example, um, we will be undermined in our efforts through our um, complicity in, in the system um, in, in in the others that we haven't addressed. So there is really something um, like um, capitalism is is so complex in the way it is it is set up that um, it hits us time and again through the complexity. So it's. Yeah, there's really um, there's really a call for for creating complex adaptive systems that can appreciate kind of the wholeness, the holistic character of uh, of our existence on on these different on these different planes. Great, I guess uh, this is also what you will go into in your course that's upcoming. Uh, you just want to mention when this course starts and how, if people interested, uh, can uh, sign up, go there. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. We will we will talk um, in depth about these three areas, and the course will start on the twenty first uh, next Friday, eight days from now. Um, it will consist of six webinars um, that will happen Friday, Saturday, Sunday, um, that weekend and the weekend after. Um, of two hours will take place in uh, in the evening for people in Europe. And yeah, you can sign up um, in the link that is, I believe, provided in the description. And I'm also excited to announce that um, there will be a guest speaker for at least one of the webinars, which is Alnor Lada, I already mentioned, um, who is a brilliant systems thinker and activist. And I believe that is it. <laughs> well, Martin, uh, we are also at the end of our time. It was, it was great to talk to you as always. Thank you so much. Thank and, you as well. Uh, I really appreciate our dialogue. Very uh, enjoyed also going together in, in this. Uh, it's a collective investigation also that we're doing to find out how to find this transition. And uh, I'm very, I, I really enjoy very much uh, what you're providing here. Thank you so much for that.